Uh, hey, I'm Daniel Pickett. I'm the Chief Technology Officer of Freightways, and I'm here with Chris Lamb, who is the uh, President and CEO of UShip and UShip.com. Uh, thanks for uh, joining us to talk about uh, the market today, Chris. Thanks for having me. I look forward to the conversation, Daniel. Yeah, so um, you know, you, you really came to us after we published an article. Um, Mark Solomon wrote a great article about you know how, how it seems like small carriers are really getting squeezed between maybe softer rates on the spot market as well as diesel prices that keep climbing. And you know what we said in our article is that they really have a limited set of options, and that's you know knuckle down and try to weather the storm. That's maybe lease on to a big carrier to kind of get that more steady freight, maybe uh, access to an advantageous fuel purchase program. Um, and, and the other thing is find a new line of business to be in. Um, a lot of carriers don't see any of those as really attractive options. Uh, so you came to us and said, wait, 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 there's another option. Tell us a little bit about what, what you've seen some carriers doing in these unprecedented times. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, that that article that we saw, you know, Freight Waves published in May really highlighted, you know, four options for your owner operators. And one one of those options was for the owner operators to leave the industry. And anytime, you know, we at UShip who work, you know, extremely closely with our transporters, you know, see especially owner operator fleets that make up such a a vital part of supply chain and logistics, especially in North America, um, you know, it became obvious to us, hey, th- there are some other options that aren't talked about as as frequently or as openly, um, you know, for owner operators to consider. And, and at the end of the day, you know, we just felt like it would be a good conversation to have, especially as as owner operators are trying to figure out how they're going to navigate and navigate, you know, this this you know, perfect storm of, of demand settling down, you know, from two years of just all-time highs on the demand side, especially in full truckload. And then, you know, everything that's going on with inflation and in particular fuel, which is a two-edge, you know, two-pronged problem, which is, of course, inflation's weighing on fuel costs. But then you have this thing that we don't directly control over in Eastern Europe that is impacting the energy markets and causing prices to go up. Certainly. Certainly. I mean, you know, glo- global conflict, whether it be from a pandemic or, or a uh, you know geopolitical uh, conflict, you know changes changes the pattern of supply chain, changes the cost of all our inputs. Um, what what are some of the ways you see people dealing with those costs? Yeah, so you know, in the article, you know there there were kind of four options of which one of which being getting out of the business, you know. We don't like to see that as as the only alternatives for for these owner operators. And and at UShip, you know, we work almost exclusively with owner operators, um, you know, on our platform. And I guess real quickly for the 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 person following along um, uh, at home, you know, UShip is is was really the first online marketplace utilizing t- technology to connect shippers with demand, with transporters, uh, with supply. And so, you know, nowadays we have this whole category of businesses called digital freight matching, um, of which you've got players in full truckload all the way down to parcel. But UShip was really the first when it was founded in 2006. Now, UShip's position in the industry is somewhat unique and in that we focus on what we internally refer to as big and bulky 
um, uh, transportation and logistics fulfillment. So anything from cars and light trucks to boats, RVs, household goods, furnishings, anything that's larger than parcel um, and that isn't full truckload, our marketplace and our digital freight matching technology is is really what powers a lot of that uh, in, in, in the industry. Um, you know, for example, last year we did about 200 million in gross shipping volume uh, across our platform. So uh, obviously, um, you know, our transporters uh, and our carriers are, you know, as important to us as our shipping customers. And, you know, there really is this, this fifth option um, that may not be right for every owner operator, but we know based on the transporters on our platform and those that we talk to on a regular basis, basis through our carrier uh, and transporter um, uh, management team, that we have lots of full truckload owner operators that have made the transition, not just during times like these, when you have, you know, this perfect storm of of, of macroeconomic things occurring, but, you know, made the transition even maybe potentially before they, they were forced to, and that is to downsize, uh, downsize their equipment and downsize kind of the mode that they're used to uh, transporting via. Um, and, and, and so for you, Shep, and, you know, and, and this option is, you know, what does this mean? This means, it means getting rid of your big rig and going into sp- uh, sprinter vans, box trucks, or pickups with enclosed trailers. Um, you can cut your expenses uh, and your sunk costs at, at about a half once you do the equipment transition and you reduce your exposure as the market is shifting um, and you get ahead of kind of the trends we're seeing right now, specifically that are acute in the full truckload markets as spot markets continue to come down because demand is coming down post-pandemic and fuel and operating costs are going through the roof as inflation sure. fuel continues to pinch the drivers. So, so it sounds like you've seen several full truckload drivers give up the class eight and move into class six, seven. Um, like you said, doing some hot shotting. I hear you've said that, okay, well, your cost could be half of your cost, but does that also mean that your revenue is now half of your revenue and, and you know, you're treading water? So, you know, that, I mean, that is a logical question. It's a very good question. So, you know, I'll, I'll give you, a, I think the best way to talk about this is in terms of real numbers and our, our you know, real case study. And so, you know, obviously as, a, as an industry, transportation, particularly in North America, has changed drastically over the last 24 months with everything that's gone on with, with the pandemic. Um, and so when you're the odd man out like in t- or, or woman out in times like these where you're getting squeezed, it does require kind of expanding maybe your preconceived perceptions and notions of, of what maybe you have done and what you have known and how maybe you can take some of that skill, expertise and knowledge and transition effectively. So in, in, in this case, um, you know, you may, uh, you know, Moving to a Ford Transit van, is it as, as sexy and as interesting as driving a Class 8 big rig? Maybe not for some people, but I can tell you, you know, what is sexy is taking your expenses from $1.50 a mile on average 
which is, you know, what what a class eight big rig, you know, on average is going to run you conservatively and drop that at 75 cents per mile. Sleeping in your own bed, not having to deal with parking or having and having more flexibility with how you schedule and when you're on the road and when you're off the road, you know, no longer having to be, uh, you know, be on the road three to four weeks in order to make you make your revenue and your profits work. You may, uh, we have transporters that have made the transition from full truckload. Um, and for example, our top earning transporter earned gross, gross $60,000 in May. That was 150 deliveries, roughly 1,900 miles per shipment. We had 17 transporters that made the transition earn over 20K and 54 make over 10K. And that's just in May alone. And and on average, most of the shipments are eight to 800 to 1,000 mile uh, lanes or out and backs. And it gives you just more potential revenue in your pocket and more flexibility and freedom if you know, this is something that, you know, you're willing to explore and, you know, the idea of not being behind the wheel of, a, you know, a class eight uh, isn't, you know, too much for you to stomach. Now, there are some cons, um, you know, you've got to transition out of that equipment into into different equipment. And, you know, depending on when you bought or what equipment you're transitioning out to, that can be difficult. Um, and, you know, there is, you know, you got to have a bit more entrepreneurial spirit. You got to interact with customers. Um, you, you know, you, you, they're trade-offs, uh, not necessarily good or bad. It's just slightly different. But, I, you know, here again, you know, when we talk to our formal, um, you know, class eight drivers that have made the transition, whether that transition is, you know, 100% their freight's being sourced for U-Ship or U-Ship is just one of many areas that they source their freight from, um, you know, the feedback is it's not more work. It's not. And in a lot of cases, it's it's less on the road hours, but how you interact and the level of hustle and kind of ability to operate your business does change a little bit. You know, what you're measuring in terms of how productive you're being, um, you know, and how you're running the day to day your business may change a little bit similar to your chain. You're your driving different equipment. You, you know, you got to be able to load and unload these box trucks or sprinter vans. This is bigger, big, bigger, bulkier goods. So you're trading off interacting with uh, with uh, forklift drivers to interacting right. with customers. So it's it's, it's different. Uh, absolutely. So. Um uh, I would say then, I guess that, you know, a, a lot of your OTR drivers, they're used to kind of the current load board experience and typically you're talking to a broker, not a customer directly. Um, how is their experience finding freight through something like U-Ship going to be different than kind of the, the experience they're used to today of finding freight via a load board or 18 different apps on your phone that you kind of have to scan and look to the next one and try to figure out what is my best option here. Yeah. So I think the big thing to understand, the big difference between kind of legacy load boards as, as a way to source freight and digital freight matching is digital freight matching. It, you know, depending on how it's implemented can make life easier for carriers. Now that's not always the case. In some cases, digital freight matching can add a different type of friction than let's say, you know, talking to a broker via phone. 
Uh, and we do have, you know, brokers that work on our, on our platform, uh, and, you know, a, as well. But I will say, you know, our partners are companies, you know, this isn't, you know, just, you know, the average shippers, uh, you know, load. Our, our partners and the companies uh, that, you know, that use ship as their digital, you know, in-customer, big and bulky uh, delivery and freight fulfillment are companies like eBay, Etsy. Cherish, First Dibs, Richie Brothers, Enterprise Fleets, Vibe Kayaks, as well as, you know, thousands of mid-market shippers who tap into our marketplace to give them that, that digital freight matching uh, speed and scale um, and allow them to engage both in carrier direct as well as brokered loads. And so... Um, when you have that, um, you know, you have the ability to grab and go on freight as opposed to hunt and peck for freight. And so, yeah. you know, like with, with one of our with one of our biggest offerings, in addition to LTL, is what we refer to as in-home delivery of big and bulky goods. Those, once you're in a network for one of our larger shippers, then at that point, you have freight sent to you and you can accept or reject it and just keep on going. You're not going through, you know, a, you know, a web enabled database and looking through hunt, you know, thousands of listings and trying to figure out which lanes match up, which lanes yeah. don't, uh, you know, are the margins going to be, and which ones are even real exactly. loads, which has been a issue. Yeah. On, on. And, and, on some yeah. And and whether or not the margin's going to make or break you in a world like we're living in right now where your margins change in week to week, month to month. Yeah. Very good. So uh, I, I guess to kind of recap what I've heard is, is that, um, you know, there's another option for people to maybe move out of class eight um, and for the right entrepreneurial mindset uh, can, can still earn just as much yep. money, uh, potentially have a lot more home time. Um, and, and certainly a, a lower cost base. Yeah, uh, that's I I heard yeah, you say. that that's exactly it. And in some cases, like you know, I told I told you about with some of our our real uh, highly engaged and operationalized carriers that have made the transition, they're actually making more than they were full sure. truckload. Now your mileage is going to vary. Um, and it's going to be, you know, determined by how engaged the, the owner operator is and, and making the transition. But, um, you know, when we read the article, we just felt like, hey, this is something that people need to think about, especially given that I don't know that we've got, you know, reprieve on the fuel cost side around the corner anytime soon. I mean, I don't know. And I think anybody that claims they know is is is, is not in the know. <laughs> Sure, sure. Sound, yeah, makes a ton of sense. Well, um, Chris, thanks for your time and thanks for uh, telling us about you know th this other option. It's certainly a like you said a challenging market, um, and and we hate to see people getting out of the transportation business altogether. We we, we know it's only going to grow and come back even stronger than it was uh, in, in in you know throughout the pandemic at some day. And so so thanks for what what you guys are doing to. Uh, to help some of the carriers uh, have another option. Yeah, that at the end of the day, it's 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 an individual owner operator decision. But you know, just like you all, we don't like to see you know owner operators or any transporters being forced to make these hard, difficult, life impacting decisions about their livelihoods. And so we just felt it was a great time to to talk with you all and and provide another perspective on some additional options. 
Yeah. Thanks, Thanks so for much. having me. Um, have a great yeah, you too. Thanks, Daniel. Yeah.